Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Oh! Good morning. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to this second day of March 2022. My name, that would be Nick, and right across from me is Radio's Big J. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Welcome to Wednesday, pal. All right. Hopefully you have uh, been happy with the week so far. Yeah, it's been not bad. They call this day hump day. Did you know that? Yeah, because people hump on this day. hey Get it on. You think people, people hump every day, I think. Okay. Not, not, not every day. Not just on a particular... Okay, well... I, I mean, there may be a special occurrence. I'm sure there's a couple or two that says, hey, it's Wednesday, it's hump day. This is the day that we have relations. But, like, I've always said, like, if you're scheduling sex, your relationship's probably not great. I can fit you in here. Right. Like, can we do something Wednesday of next week, maybe? That seems like it's the spontaneity has left the relationship. And probably not a great idea. But again, uh, you're the relationship expert. Spurs, certainly not me. Not the divorced single guy in this particular tandem, pal. I lean on you for that particular I, I guess ultimately that has nothing to do with hump day. So Now, but you're not wrong. I mean, it could. Again, I think it depends on the relationship. But yeah, we all know it has to do with camels and the Geico commercial, right? Yeah, Mike. Is that his name? I think so, Mike the Camel. How do you retain that? I don't know. I don't ask, because <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. Today on the show, Big J has a movie review for you. A movie called Big Bug was watched on Netflix last night. He will let you know if it's worth your time or not. We also have a chance for you to go check out Monster Jam. That is happening coming up next weekend at the Ford Idaho Center. There are three shows. There's a Friday night show, there's a Saturday matinee, and there's a Saturday evening show. The tickets that we will be giving away to you are for the Friday evening show, the 7 o'clock show on Friday. But rest assured, if you don't win these tickets or you're like, oh man, I really want to go, there's two more shows that you can go and check out. Tickets are available at MonsterJam.com, of course, and the Idaho, uh, the Ford Idaho Center box office as well. That's how you can check out the big show. So it should be pretty awesome. we got to get to a bunch of stuff today as well from important stuff, and we're going to hell. But let's get started with some music. Big J will kick things off with some Smashing Pumpkins. Starting the morning after with Nick and Big J on the X-Rocks. Nick and Big J. Our legislators, Big J, they dig their heels in on the weirdest stuff, man. Yeah, they do. Uh, and another thing that's been kicked around over the course of the last couple of days is a law that they have been trying to pass here locally for the last couple of years. Hasn't quite passed. It's passed the House, and it did so again yesterday. Uh, that's the bill that raises the minimum age for smoking or vaping in the state of Idaho to 21. Uh, it is currently at 18. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because nationally, it's 21. It rose two years ago uh, to have a... We're the only state in the United States of America that has the the legal smoking age of vaping and smoking of 18. Really? How yes. long is that? Two years. Two years has oh, been okay. a national... Uh, it was a national uh, law that rose to 21. And uh, the military now, of course, you have to be 21 in order to smoke. Uh, and they don't sell any tobacco products to people under the age of 21 on military bases. 
Uh, but it hasn't passed the Idaho legislature the last two years because I really don't know why. I mean, I'm reading some of the excuses as why they're they're voting for it, and it's the typical stuff that you're <laughs> that that you would think. Uh, I mean, can you give me an example of an excuse somebody would say? Why they don't want to raise the age to match the national law? Uh, you know, it would it would cost too much in the uh, in, in the Department of Organizations. Oh no no like. no, God! If it was oh. a cost thing, that would make sense. Oh, no okay. no no, it's no, a freedom I... thing. You see, uh, they shouldn't be telling somebody who's 18 years old what they can and can't do, and that's the excuse that they're given. Uh, meanwhile, we tell them what they can and can't do all the bleeping time. I just, I, I, it's just, it's so crazy you to me. You tell them they can only make this amount of money as a minimum wage. <laughs> no, no, no. It, uh, yeah, I know. But that's different, you see. Oh. Uh, but the weird, the other weird thing is, it's not like it's that huge, <laughs> a huge of a deal. I mean, I, again, I'm not a smoker, so I don't know these things, but apparently if you are under the age of smoking, or under the age of the legal smoking age, and you get caught with tobacco products, do you know what the penalty is, PJ? No. It's a $17 fine and oh has been. <laughs> right. That'll learn you. Wow. And so, you know, it, it's also like this is the fight we're, we're fighting. Either way, it's past the House the last couple of years, but always dies in the Senate. We'll see what ends up happening again this year. But because, again, passed the House narrowly yesterday. So I'm guessing it'll probably die in the Senate again. Um, but also, like the other line they're drawing is, you know, uh, there's several people saying we don't need the federal government to tell us what to do kind of a thing. We're a sovereign state. Bah, 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 bah. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. My guess is it'll stay as it is. But uh, I guess take pride, question mark. In the fact that we're the only state that uh, that still has it at 18, but again, even if you do get caught, it's not, it's not that it's not going to break the bank. I'll tell you that right now. Well, it happened yesterday. Big J, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred canceled opening day, which was scheduled for March 31st. The two sides could not reach a deal yesterday, despite talking for a bunch of times yesterday. So that's going to do it for opening day. They canceled basically the first two series of the season for baseball. Uh, they locked out on December 2nd, and then the owners refused to meet for six weeks. Nobody can tell you why, but that's the way it worked. But no matter what, players won't get a salary for games missed. Not like they're getting paid anyway because of the lockout. No dates have been scheduled for bargaining to resume. The players say they're ready whenever they want, whenever the owners want to. The owners have not put a, a date on the table when they want to talk again. So I was talking to my buddy last night, and I'm like, I bet you they figured this out in a week. But now I, I'm not exactly sure the owners want to figure this out, if we're being honest. Uh, because they're really just not coming to the table. And uh, I know that it's hard to be on the side of millionaires sometimes that play a sport that it seems that nobody cares to watch. But I really think the owners are the bad guys in this situation. You know what I mean? When aren't they? Well, I mean, sometimes they're fighting for things that do make sense. Like, you know, if there's a revenue sharing or the, the salaries have spun out of control. But baseball owners for as long as I can remember, and I covered the sport for a very long time, are filthy, awful liars about how much money they lose on a regular basis, about how much money, uh, how about how, how terrible their stadiums are when they're not in any uh, condition to be rebuilt or anything. They're perfectly fine, and they're just looking to get a nice, shiny new you know toy to play with. It's just, it, there are bad people and bad owners that own baseball teams across this country, and when situations like this happen, the light is shown on them, and Again, we'll forget about it all in two years when it's all. I wonder who the youngest Major League Baseball owner is. Owner? Man. I mean, they all got to be old as dirt. 
They are, and there's a lot of families that are involved in it. There's a lot. Of, I mean, it's it's very much a nepotism kind of thing, much like it is in, in pretty much any sport. If we're being perfectly honest, well, it's honest. their property. But, I mean, correct. When you get down to it, but I mean, rich guy property. In, in they're they're a lot less visible in baseball than they are in other sports, which makes it a lot easier to be shady and slimy behind the scenes. And boy, are they good at that. Well, Big J, uh, we may be going to check out the Batman this week, but I'll tell you who isn't. Russia. Uh, Warner Brothers Studios has decided to not release the Batman in Russia, according to Hollywood Reporter. Not the first uh, entertainment company to decide to pull their movies. Pretty much everybody is doing it, if we're being honest. Uh, Disney, uh, Marvel, all of their stuff is getting pulled from Russia. It's like their punishment for uh, Russia basically invading Ukraine. Ukraine. Uh, Warner Media is pausing the release of the feature film, The Batman in Russia. Now, again, they're just saying they're pausing it, so they'll release it eventually because they're not going to leave that money on the table, baby. They're just waiting for it to be all over, I guess, before they decide to put the movie in theaters, and everybody else is following that lead as well. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff. Weezer undone the sweater song here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. We're going to talk about Big J's movie review here in a second, but there's lots of movie news to go around over the course of the day. I, I, not to my knowledge, do we have an AMC theater in the Treasure Valley? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Uh, beautiful. Uh, we have. I know we have Regal Cinemas. I know we have Cinemark Cinemas uh, and some independent retailers, but uh, no AMC. But AMC is the largest theater chain in the country. They have a lot of multiplexes across the country. Which are very nice. Yeah, oh, they're fantastic. If you go traveling, they have very nice theaters set up all across the country. And uh, they are trying something new that has gotten movie fans pretty upset. Uh, because uh, it, it went viral, I want to say about three days ago, fans had noticed that when they uh, signed up to try to grab advanced tickets to the Batman on AMC sites... They were paying about four to five dollars more, or at least that's what they were asking if they wanted to go check it out in another theater. And they didn't know why. They're like, is there some sort of special thing? Do you get like a special Batman popcorn holder or something with my extra money that you're making for the ticket? And the answer is no. AMC very quietly for this particular movie rolled out something they're calling demand pricing. Which is basically if you want to see a blockbuster that they know is going to be very popular... It's going to cost you more to see it at an AMC theater than it would someplace else, at least right now anyway. And it's also going to cost you more than if you were to see a movie that's been out a couple weeks or doesn't have the demand that a brand new superhero movie does. AMC says they're making this movie. They didn't tell anybody about it because they're trying to cover up for the fact that during the pandemic, they lost a lot of money and people weren't going to movies. And so their bottom line moved a little bit. Well, people couldn't go to the movies. Correct. Uh, Fans, of course, of the movies are saying, yeah, but we've also seen your earnings statement, and you still have made a pretty good profit in the last couple of years, despite, you know, crying that you're not making any money. Now, certainly you're not making as much money as you were, but it's not like you're about to shutter the doors of the franchises, and uh, it's also not working. Uh, the fans are basically just going to find other theaters, and that's what they're doing right now. If you look on AMC theaters in some of their biggest cities, uh, these movies are still, even though Batman is very much in demand, uh, some of these uh, theaters have plenty of seats still available for these screenings because fans, you know, the other part of it is there's plenty of other theaters in the seat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what's happening. So AMC's already kind of doing damage control, saying we're not sure if we're going to keep it. This is just kind of like a trial and error thing. We'll see how this week goes and then kind of go from there. But 
But a reminder that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to sell out for it to be successful for the company. Do you know what I mean? They can sell less seats and make more money than another theater if enough people decide they're okay with paying extra for this movie. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, too, though, depends on the uh, the movie studio that's uh, presenting the movie because they have a certain take of the box office as well. But but I get it because I think that at some point in, in uh, when you look at it in the world of <clears throat> that's been changing when it comes to media, we, we put a premium on stuff we want to have on demand, right? So uh, all the subscription services that you have, you're paying a premium on those to be able to see that stuff without commercials, uh, without a lot of that stuff. And and it's, so it's up to the consumer to decide what they want to do. And, and, you know, even before the pandemic, what you would see is a lot of movies weren't making a ton of money at the box office. The ones that did make money were the big blockbusters, right? That's the one people wanted to go see. They weren't going to see movies anymore just to be like, oh, hey, let's catch a movie and see what it's like. Now, now we're like, listen, we know this movie's crap. We're not going to go see it. Right. Et cetera. And so I can kind of see the understanding uh, behind it, but it's it's probably the wrong time to try to introduce that, something like that. Well, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. I mean, we've decided that this is the kind of economy that we want. If you want it, you're going to have to deal with supply and demand pricing. We've, we've seen it for, I don't know, ever. I mean, hey, gas prices are going through supply and demand pricing right now. Uh, you know, the, the grocery store, when we were going through the pandemic, was going through supply and demand pricing. And this is just another thing. It's not, it's not groundbreaking. It's not, you know, incredibly different. It's, it's basically doing what companies have done forever, which is, hey, if people want to see this, let's see how much they're willing to pay to see this. The, the real uh, differential here is... You know, the, I, th- I think more so the people, the reason that people aren't going to the movies as much is because the price of a movie has gotten comically high. And you could go see a piece of crap movie and feel good about yourself back in the day because it was $6. And now it's $15. And you're not willing to make that much of a risk on a movie that you're not sure is oh, going yeah. to be any yeah, good. Yeah, sure. Or that you're like, maybe I like it, maybe I won't. But, I mean, if movies were $6, I bet you a bunch of us would go to the movies again and see some of those questionable movies that we're on. Like, do I have to see in the theater? Would not be a question we'd be asking yeah. ourselves that much. Do I need to pay $30 for popcorn and a drink? Right. And, and I, you know, and that's where they make their money, so I understand the concession stand prices, and those, again, are options. But, like, I mean, the question I would really be asking myself is, I know I'm already $15 in on Batman. Do I want to spend 25 to see Batman? And the answer would probably be no. I mean, I, I don't want to spend a $25 on a movie. Um, I'd rather wait, but that's just me. But apparently it's not just me. It's a bunch of people that are dealing with this in AMC theaters across the country. So not happening here yet. But if the model goes well, I wouldn't be shocked if other theaters expand to it. Because, listen, man, I mean, if they, they want to make money. And if they know a bunch money, of people want to go see Batman, money. they're going to try to make as much money as they possibly can. That's just the world that we live in. But it doesn't make it great for the consumer, but uh, that's the least of their worries. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We'll see how Big J's movie was last night. A movie review is next on the X-Rocks. Nirvana Lake of Fire here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Yesterday, right around this time, you guys selected a movie for Big J to watch and review on Netflix. It was called Big Bug, and today's the day we find out how it was. Big J, I'm ready. 
Yeah, uh, Big Bug. So uh, this is a movie. It's a French movie, so obviously subtitled. I don't speak French. Uh, and it is a movie set in the future, Nick, where um, AI and, and robots and things are ever-present. In fact, they, they take over and they, they do a lot of stuff for, for human beings. And we kind of have a look at how that works now with our smart devices and things like that. It's like the Jetsons. Yeah, the Jetsons. And basically, it's a family and their neighbor uh, kind of get uh, you know stuck in their house uh, and... and their their robots and their butlers and things uh they try to essentially protect them because what's happening is uh the ai that controls the rest of the stuff uh are kind of around the world that they live in uh it's kind of become self-aware and decided hey we're tired of this we're taking over just like we figured it's gonna happen yeah just as you can imagine i mean it's a it's not a, a new concept by any means however it's uh you know it's a little different in this movie it's not nearly as menacing as uh you know terminator 2 for example but I, i'll say this okay because you you said you're a big fan of uh, jean pierre jeanette who's the you know director mm -hmm. also wrote this i'm telling you right now it is beautiful looking he does he like, makes beautiful films the colors and it's just if you're not watching this in 4k you're you're an idiot i mean get a 4k tv <laughs> it is a beautiful and it reminded me in some ways of uh, the fifth element with, okay with um luke Besson and, and you know that whole thing uh so it's beautiful and and you know there are some laugh out loud moments i mean there's some funny situations because uh what happens is is the one of the main characters her her ex-husband uh happens to stop by with his new lover on the round away to another trip they get trapped in the house together oh okay so you, you've got a lot of that going on and and i'm sure that uh you know there's a common theme with uh this uh director and stuff and that's you know things have multiple meanings and and you know the bigger picture here is uh, a look at fascism and a lot of those kind of things that you you can see uh, on the uh, you know below the surface of what's going on in the movie and so there's a lot of great things going on here funny it's beautiful yeah it's a good movie whoa you were not excited about this at all and you enjoyed it yeah yeah i mean it's the it's just because you know i mean obviously you know he knows what he's doing and it the look of it is is fantastic yeah i was uh you know he's not infallible i mean there's some movies that he has made and directed that i haven't been a big fan of but he's also like he really hasn't done anything in like a decade or something like that. I mean, I think like Mic Max was the last movie of his that I saw when that was like 2009 or something yeah. like that. He spent all his time in color correction. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, he does make beautiful films, though. There's no doubt about it. Um, maybe for those of you that like don't watch foreign cinema, he is probably most famous for uh, making the, the worst alien movie, which is Alien Resurrection. Uh, not his fault. He didn't write it, but he had this vision for it. Yeah. He, it's a lot. It's very dystopian. He used uses a lot of like uh, different colors and they use a lot of abstract kind of stuff but I think he is incredibly talented I'm really happy that you like this movie he, he I should, haven't checked it out yet he should be called Mr. Dystopia <laughs> is really but and, and, he does some hopeful stuff and too. the thing that bothers me about some of these movies is that I don't know what it is when it comes to robots like like legitimate robots and I'm not talking about like Terminator type robots here uh, that are that are part of a, a family atmosphere I mean I, I take to them like pets and so it upsets me and makes me emotional when bad things happen to them. You yeah, know? I think that's how you're supposed to feel, though. Yeah, and so you've got a little bit of that here. So there's not just you know humor. There's also some sadness in this movie. So be prepared for that. But yeah, you know, check it out. Big J approved. Whoa, Big J likes it. It Take is called that, listeners. Big Bug. Uh, it is available as a brand new movie on Netflix. You can watch it if you want to. Big J says it's worth your time. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. 
Big J, for about a three to five year stretch, there was a pretty big boom in popularity with DNA testing, self-DNA testing, learning more about your ancestry, that kind of thing. Ancestry.com, FamilyTreeDNA.com, a 23andMe, all that stuff is something that uh, you could have gotten, I guess, caught up in a couple years back. And it was a really big deal. But over the last two years, it has gone down drastically in popularity. And not just because they're running out of people to (laughs) do DNA tests for. But we're starting to realize why that is the case. And they surveyed about 200,000 people from across the world who use these genetic testing services to learn a little bit more about their ancestry and their family tree. And they found that 82% of the people they surveyed learned at least the identity of one genetic relative that they didn't know about, which is great. But now you go into the bad stuff, and 61% of the people that purchased these tests or use this DNA stuff said they found out something courtesy of the DNA test that basically they didn't know and aren't happy they found out about. Oh. That means uh, either they had secret families that they didn't know about they found out about relationships that their parents had that they didn't know about it ruined their thoughts of their dad or their mom or whatever because they found out that there was another whole family spun off from theirs or they had a secret brother or sister or whatever and that didn't make them happy or the other biggest complaint with these dna tests was uh basically that was their family lied to them essentially about their heritage or their their ancestry or growing up they thought forever growing up they were german and it ended up that they were great Belgian or something people afraid of the truth uh not that they're afraid of it they just didn't like it and they were happier not knowing it i guess is what it boils down to uh also re- revelations that you know after parents had passed away they didn't know they were adopted donor conceived all these kind of things that you know difficult conversations for people to have in the 70s and 80s and sometimes 90s or even now i guess depending on the situation uh and they found out courtesy of a spit test they took basically uh and so that can make people uncomfortable getting you out of your bubble or learning the truth or learning things about you that you didn't know can certainly make you feel uncomfortable and as we've discussed and discovered big j some people are much more happy plugged into the matrix than you know not you know what i mean so uh it turns out that that's probably why this dna testing stuff went downhill is because a lot of people basically said they weren't real happy with the information they got truthful or not it didn't make them they were looking to expand their horizons a little bit they didn't want it expanded that much so they've warned people not to do it then it sounds like it either that or people have heard of the experience and go listen i don't want to find out about that kind of stuff and that's fine i guess it's all about your prerogative but you found yourself in that situation where you found out about secret siblings multiple times right. not only not only siblings but just just in the last year i uh, found out that my grandfather wasn't my grandfather right right and and that my i guess we call them uncle sweet but that he was actually my mom's father and the problem is, is that, you know, we, there's a finite amount of information about why that happened and how that happened. And, and just it's a very strange thing. But it's also extraordinarily interesting to at least to me and, and uh, some parts of the family. Just what happened? Why did this, you know, occur? I mean, they're, they're interesting things to me. But does so. it make you sad that 
now it's too late to get those answers and you'll never really know? Or are you happy yeah. that you know now? Yeah, you kind of have to speculate. But right. at the same time, you also, you know, you take into account just my wife is an expert at, you know, going through this DNA and understanding. And I mean, she's not a scientist. It's not like she's decrypting DNA, but, you know, she can go into DNA um, trees and just see things. And uh, it, it's really an incredible thing. And it can really help bring families together, not just tear them apart. Right. So. Because this for you, while you didn't know about this stuff, it has built relationships with people, right? That you yeah. never would have had. Yeah. And hatred. Oh, it has? <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, I mean, part of the relationship with my father has to do with that and a lot of resentment and anger about the way he treated his family. Sure. And, um, those sort of things can come about. But, you know, that's the truth. That's what happened. And, you know, you, you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt and realize it's not my fault that everybody did these things and just learn from it. Yeah, I mean, it is it's it is difficult, I guess, sometimes to learn that, you know, if you had a great relationship with your parents and you find out that they weren't always truthful with you, that that's a tough lesson to learn, especially if they're not here anymore, to find out why. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's one of those deals where it's like, at least you know, and nobody's perfect. It doesn't make what they did okay or right or, you know, anything like that. But I can also understand why people wouldn't want right. to know that about their Well, dad. not everybody in my family was happy to find that out. Right. Of uh, course. Interested. I mean, it, it's it's kind of – it sucks and it's kind of painful. But, um, yeah, I you, get it. I guess the, the point is know the risks when you go forward with it. You may they think it's a, fun, <laughs> it's a fun Christmas present where you get to learn more about your bag, you know, your your – your DNA, but it sometimes doesn't always turn out that way, I guess. Listen, and if you've committed a crime that DNA was a part of that, you are uh, in big trouble. I mean, like, just run. <laughs> run. Like Ice Nine Kills some. Yeah. Uh, Big J, congratulations to the Broise State Broncos men's basketball team for the first time since it's joined the Mountain West Conference prior to the 2011-2012 season. Boise State clinched its first outright Mountain West regular season title, holding off the Nevada Wolfpack 73-67 last night. <clears throat> Lots of people at the game. They've won nine. Uh, they, they've done a really good job uh, down the stretch. Leon Rice has put together a fantastic program again, a program that was supposed to finish, at least according to the press, before the season, middle to bottom. Bottom of the pack has now won its first outright conference championship, which is great. Still gets disrespected in the polls, in my opinion. Not ranked in the top 25 for whatever ungodly reason. Nobody can tell me why, despite their strength of schedule and their winning streak and their fact that they've been able to pull it off. But they have tied for the conference title before, but never won it outright. But they were able yeah. to clinch it and cut down the nets last night, which was pretty damn awesome. Which was just in the nick of time, if you ask me, for Coach Rice. Because it had been... You know, somewhat tenuous. I mean, he's he's a great coach, but it hasn't been easy. Been a lot of close calls, and the expectations uh, have been pretty high. Listen, I think he's done a miraculous job with a uh, middle oh, of the I road agree. basketball Not program. Not everybody else. No, I know. But uh, Leon Rice, the winning estate in in, basket, in school history. Um, he, he, the winning is coaching school history, I should say. And he has done an incredible job with this program, which was basically, while yes, it had a couple of years of success under previous regimes, and you know made it to play in games in the tournament and stuff like that. And yes, there's still that tournament kind of success that has escaped Leon Rice and the Boise State Broncos to do what he has done with the recruits that he has brought into this team and to consistently have them have 20 win seasons in a school like this is incredible and deserves nothing but praise and they should build a statue to that guy as far as the basketball program is concerned and anybody talking about him you know being done is crazy so congratulations 
to Coach Rice and the Broncos. Now they got to get it done in the Mountain West Tournament, which is something that always seems to kind of be their kryptonite. So we'll see what ends up happening. But a hell of a season capped off last night with the Mountain West regular season title for the Broncos. Big J, Larry David still has some weight to throw around, and he likes to do it every once in a while. Uh, For a long time, the Larry David story, which is a documentary that HBO has put together for Larry David about his career in Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm, was ready to premiere. On Monday of last week, it was ready to premiere. But Larry David went into the HBO offices and said, "Eh, you know what, I I think I'd rather have it premiere at a movie theater. And in front of an audience. (laughs) And HBO's like, really? We've had this on the calendar for a while. He's like, yeah, I've been thinking about it, and that's kind of what I want to do. And so HBO went, okay, and decided to pull it off the broadcast schedule. They're going to do it in front of an audience, a couple of special screenings in L.A., first with Larry David in attendance, and then they're going to premiere it on the channel. So if you're wondering, like, what happened to the premiere, they just yanked it off because Larry David told them to. Who has more power, Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld? I guess it depends on who you're talking to. I'm thinking in show business, period, it's probably Seinfeld who could, you know, he's a 400 pound gorilla. he's the face. Yes. Right. And he could, you know, he could go to any network and probably get anything greenlit. But I think when it comes to HBO, I think they're very thankful for Larry David and this proves it. I mean, no network's going to pull something a day before it's supposed to be just because somebody asked, but they did it for him. Yeah. When try to tell me uh, anybody out there, uh, like a, a, a co-creator and writer for a you know, comedy sitcom is that big of a deal. He's a pretty big deal. And it was never in it, besides playing the voice of right. Steinbrenner. Right, right. But, you know, yes, he was a big part of the show, and then he went on to star in his own very successful yes, show. Yes, exactly. Also, you know, creates a bunch of polls. So congratulations to him. Uh, the documentary looks good, but it, you'll have to wait a little while before you can watch it. Maggot. The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. Do you remember our old segment, Ask Big J, Big J? Oh, yeah, of course. Where people would write in and ask for your opinion on particular topics and you would give it no holds barred. Yeah. Uh, like Hulk Hogan. Well, uh, it's kind of one of those situations again here for today's We're Going to Hell story. And uh, while I w- will admit to being an internet pessimist, meaning like... Listen, uh, the stuff I see on the internet, I- I'm almost convinced that that 80 to 85 percent of it is all made up for uh, views, clicks, uh, subscriptions, and or just attention. And I'm not sure how real situations are in particular, uh, especially when it comes to storytelling. But this one's too good to pass up, so we're gonna kind of turn it into an Ask Big J segment because okay, there is a young lady that took to Reddit, uh, looking for some advice about a situation she finds herself in, and she has gotten it overwhelmingly. But I wanted to get your take on things. It's basically the story of a couple that's been married for about a year and a half, and they have been struggling with infertility. You understand? Uh, trying to have a baby just can't have that baby, man. And they've tried some options and done some stuff. And finally, after going to a doctor several times, they thought that it was maybe time that they talk about having a surrogate, right? Yeah. Somebody else to have the baby and carry the baby for them and so that they can start their family. And through, I'm sure, what had to be a series of difficult conversations, this woman's sister agreed to be the surrogate for her sister and her husband, which is amazing. That is family at its best. Yeah. Uh, And then (laughs) she said it slowly started to go kind of downhill because they started talking about how much money and time would go into IVF. 
basically it would take slowly and it would be a very expensive process. And so that is when her husband sat down with her and said, hey, listen, uh, this IVF thing is very expensive. What do you think about us going about having a baby with your sister the traditional way? You know, Turkey saving, our, <laughs> saving ourselves some money. We can use that money on the baby. And I mean, like she was talking about how he had this whole strategic argument planned out about how, you know, it's much less expensive. It would take less time if we just, you know, remove the IVF from the equation and just let him have sex with her sister so that they could have a baby together. And then, boom, it would be a traditional way. But uh, his wife was like, that's a lot of things for me to deal with. Number one, the fact that he's even entertaining having sex with my sister because it's the easy way is disturbing enough. Number two, it's not really the same as being a surrogate. Like, you know, they're still using her egg to fertilize the child. You know what I mean? He clearly doesn't have an understanding of how this works. Right. And then third, don't forget about how she's going to feel after that baby is around. She'll never forget how that baby was conceived. You know what I mean? And so that's a lot of mental anguish to deal with. So she took to the internet and was asking for advice about how to handle the situation or is this common? Is this a situation? And Big J, how should she handle the situation, please? Uh, Divorce. That's exactly Uh, uh, what everybody said. Immediately. Like, that's that's creepy. Her husband's an idiot, first of all. Second of all, yeah, clearly doesn't take into account her feelings whatsoever. And he wants to do her sister. Her sister, that's messed up, man. It's messed up. It is messed up. It, it's it's uh, it's one of those situations where if it is real, I once again feel like I have to apologize to all women on behalf of my sex because we are some scumbag mother bleepers sometimes, man. And that's just some dude yeah, that wants to get with somebody else. There's different levels of scumbag. No, you're okay? absolutely right. And his tear is up there pretty high. It is. I mean, it takes... I mean, just the gall of somebody to say, listen, why don't we skip this middleman thing and just go straight to me having sex with your sister? You go, hey, that's my sister, man. We're trying to have kids. Yeah. What, is what did the sister say? Uh, I don't even think they've gotten to that point in the conversation yet. I mean, they're still in the conversation of, hey, is this okay if we talk about this? And the answer is like, no. You know, she's dealing with enough stuff because, you know, they need a surrogate clearly because she's having some medical issues which isn't allowing her to carry a baby, which is incredibly psychologically, you know, something that that is not easy to deal with, number one. And then number two, you got to factor in her sister and now her husband wants to bang her sister into that equation. Not a good relationship to be in. So get out and be thankful you didn't have a baby with this guy because it doesn't sound like that was... His end all be all. It doesn't sound like family is that important to him, if we're being honest. Or maybe family's too important to him, if it sounds like, maybe. Uh, either way, that's the advice she has given. And Big J, you have agreed with the internet, so well done, my friend. Oh, thanks. Morning after. I passed the test. With Nick and Big J, it is the X Rocks. That is Pearl Jam. That is Daughter here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. We've got it, Big J. The list is out for the year 2021 2022. The happiest cities in the United States of America. Oh. Would you say you're happy, Big J? Yeah. Good. Uh, Keep that in mind. I'm going to need your help towards the end of this. Great. uh, Wallet Hub has put it out. They do it every single year. They talk about the 180th happiest cities in the United States, or at least uh, they rank them from 1 to 180. It's the biggest cities in the U.S. based on a bunch of different factors, including depression rates, income levels, divorce rates, the average amount of time spent doing recreational activities every day, and more. 
Would you say the people of Boise uh, are happy or unhappy, Big J? Well, I would. I could see where they would be unhappy right now. Why is that? Rent. The rent is too damn high. Yeah. That's a political party, pal. You could join I, it. Okay. Change doesn't change the answer. Which was? Yeah, probably not happy. Uh, the answer is they're pretty happy. Pretty happy. They're liars. Uh, Boise came in at number 62 out of 180 cities here in the United States. So it's in the upper half of happiness. Uh, whereas Nampa, which is the other city from Idaho to make the list, uh, towards the bottom of things, sitting at 140 right now, or 120, I should say. Uh, so it's not exactly top of the list. Fremont, California, the happiest city in the country. Ugh. Columbia, Maryland, San Francisco, California, San Jose, California, and Irvine, California. Uh, so California l- tops the list of happiest cities in the United States, at least based on the criteria there. Uh, least happy cities? Montgomery, Alabama, the least happiest city in the country. I can, I can understand that. Huntington, West Virginia, Memphis, Tennessee, Gulfport, Mississippi, and Detroit, Michigan, rounding out the bottom of the list when it comes to happiness here in the United States of America. So there's that. So the question is, Big J, you find yourself pretty happy, yes? Yeah. What's your secret, man? How can people around here that are unhappy be happy? Not paying a billion dollars to live in my house. Well, that sounds like it's out of people's control. Yeah. So maybe something that's a little bit more tangible that they can control? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I just suppose uh, trying to have a good outlook on things. That, that's a good step in the right direction. Good vibes only is what you're saying, Big J. Yeah, try to try to reduce those negative feelings. Uh, unless you're talking about somebody that you don't like, then you can be negative. Yeah. Right? But uh, a couple of those. It's uh, it's a good thing if you are happy. Hopefully, you continue to be. But we're not making that top five anytime soon. Uh, we got some work to do. Uh, specifically, uh, I probably shouldn't surprise you that uh, we're pretty low on the list of depression rates, meaning we're a very depressed place. Uh, the Pacific Northwest tends to rule that world. Uh, Spokane came in at the very bottom of that list, and then we were not too far. They behind. wake up and they're like, "Oh, I live in Spokane." <laughs> Well, we're not too far behind, buddy, uh, when it comes to depression, so we can't talk too much smack. Uh, we got to work on that, everybody. That's and probably because they're from Spokane. It's not. You said the people moving here from Spokane bringing yeah. their depression with yeah, them? Yeah, like Jason Drew. <laughs> Morning after with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few minutes, some important stuff. Here's oh, weather. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. Holy cow. Here's traffic. Traffic is what we want. It's a different vibe. Not weather. Important stuff. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. What if I told you there's a secret to being successful, Big J? Oh, yeah, what is it? Uh, according to the University of Cyprus, it's not how hard you work, although that certainly plays a role. It's not where you go to school, it's not even who you know in some cases. It really is about how symmetrical your face is, my friend. Huh. They did a bunch of different surveys uh, looking at CEOs from all over the world of a bunch of uh, five, Fortune 500 companies. They looked at elected leaders from all over the world, and they found that if you want to be somebody in charge, you're going to need a pretty symmetrical face, pal, and probably prominent cheekbones. How are you feeling about those cheekbones of yours? Well, um, you know, I guess okay. I feel I have a pretty handsome symmetrical face when all right. it's not covered with hair. Yeah, that's the other like thing. Some they sort said. of wolf man. <laughs> I mean, 
uh, clean shaven is one of the people, uh, one of the keys to being uh, a fairly rich and successful, I suppose. Still, uh, no matter what your facial features are, it doesn't mean you're going to be good at the job. While you may get to a level of success because of these things, it really uh, being ha- having a symmetrical face and prominent cheekbones had no bearing on whether or not they'd actually find great success and be good at their job. But according to the lead author, the findings from the research suggest that facial appearance is associated with the emergence of leaders, but not with their business performance. So just because you look good doesn't mean you're going to be good at your job. It just may mean you get a good job. What you do with it is is really, that's where the expertise, the education, and uh, you know the treatment of people come in. So good luck, everybody. Get it all symmetrical. Get it all in order. Get those cheekbones puffed yeah. up, and then do with it what you will. You have to shave some off. Do it. Former UFC heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez was arrested Monday in suspicion of attempted murder, Big J, in San Jose, California. He's being held without bail. The 39-year-old was allegedly involved in a shooting Monday in which one man was shot, suffering non-life-threatening injuries. Police said that motives and circumstances were still being investigated, but he is a two-time UFC heavyweight champion. He held the title in 2010 and 11, and then again from 2012 to 2015. So he was at the top of the sport for a pretty good time. Have you read anything about this yet? Other than other than the brief details that I just uh, described, no. Why? That the uh, man that he shot may have allegedly been abusing somebody in his family for a very long time. Yeah, I'm not. I'm guessing that it's not. Uh, it's not a good scenario, no matter what happened in that particular role. But uh, murder charges don't come across easy. So we'll see what ends up happening. There's still some investigating that needs to be done. But he finds himself in a prison cell as of right now. I don't know if you were like me, Big J, but when I saw this headline, I was all excited about maybe getting a uh, prequel for the Superman story. But it turns out uh, Apple TV has ordered a series called Metropolis, but it's the Metropolis that was based on the 1927 movie, uh, not the uh, Superman character. But if you're familiar with it, it's considered one of the best movies of all time. Sam Eastmill is putting it together. He's the guy who was behind Mr. Robot, which was a very successful TV series for a while. Uh, Metropolis takes place in the year 2026. Now, remember, this is almost 100 years in the past, but the populace is divided between workers who must live in the dark underground and the rich who enjoy a futuristic city of splendor. So, uh, class is kind of A modern-day storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It's good to know that back in 1927, when they were making movies, they weren't too far off. Yeah, nothing is changed. About how it was going to be in uh, 2026. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few minutes, we got your pop culture smackdown. Please hold on for that. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yeah, and Monster Jam is coming back March 11th and 12th to the Ford Idaho Center. We've got tickets for you uh, for the March 11th, 7 p.m. showing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Always is there at Monster Jam. So we'll get you hooked up with that here for Pop Culture Smackdown. You just got to beat me in Pop Culture Smackdown. Good luck. You want to see the trucks go crazy? Now would be the time to get on the phone. 208-287-1003. That is our phone number. It's number you need to call if you want to take on big j right now i say to thee good luck let's get ourselves a contestant hello the x hello 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 man what's your name adam all right adam you're up first we need to know what actress played fat amy in the pitch perfect movie series uh i can picture her face but i cannot think of her name to save my life oh no well good news your life is not on the line any guesses (laughs) no it is oh god i'm sorry i didn't know amy uh, her name is Amy in the movies. Oh, man. It's messed uh, up. He's calling that lady fat. 
Wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's her name. Hello, the ex. In the, in the hey, movie. How you doing? Yes. Uh, we need to know what actress played Fat Amy in the series of Pitch Perfect movies, please. Oh, that's uh, Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Right. It's her birthday today. That is correct. Happy birthday, Rebel. Big J, happy birthday to John Bon Jovi. Uh, believe it or not, in the early 2000s, he went through a pretty good run of being in a bunch of movies when he thought he wanted to be an actor, but then he kind of stopped. He was in Sex and the City for an episode. He was in the movie U571. He also was in a TV lawyer show for a full season. What show was it? Oh, for a full season? Yep. Ten full episodes on this show. TV. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Boston Legal. Wrong. No, I'm sorry. It's a good good guess though. Uh, it is a lawyer show, so yeah, you're in the right genre. But also, uh, he's a Boston guy. What if I said Robert Downey Jr. was also on this show? Oh, uh, Allie McGraw. Right. Well, oh, you got Allie. the first one right. Allie McGraw's an actress, but <laughs> Allie McBeal right. is the name of. Oh boy, the cobwebs. Sorry, right. love dust never, them off. Love means never having to say you're sorry, Big J. Congratulations, you got yourself all set up with Second, some. I went down in a blaze of glory. Monster Jam. Oh, oh. Right. Bonus points. Bonus points for Big J for a Young Guns Two reference. You are all set to go for Monster Jam, brother. Hang on, just one second. We'll get you all set to go for that. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We'll do some headlines next on the X-Rock. Here's the facts. It's time for headlines on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Headlines brought to you by Team Mazda and the pre-owned Superstore. It is easy to get your auto loan pre-approved with Team Mazda's iPreCheck. Just click the big blue button at GoTeamMazda.com. It's always there, always on, and always available for you. At GoTeamMazda.com. Headlines are as follows, Big J. Get it on. Hey, that's not legal. And good luck with that. Get it on. New York is a city that doesn't sleep, Big J. You've heard of that, right? Yeah. But there's a new reason why. A new report from Patch says hundreds of New York City residents have had to make complaints to 311 about overly noisy sexual activity in the last year, Big J. The city's official helpline has gotten over 277 sex-related noise complaints between February 19th, 2021 and February 9th, 2022. Patch reports the complaints range from grievances over loud morning sounds to concerns about orgies. Hey, excuse me, I'm concerned about an orgy? Is this the number I call? No, no, that's the orgy department. Son of a gun. Can you connect me? One New Yorker even logged a complaint about the ceiling shaking and debris falling off his walls as a result of a sexually active neighbor. Once any noise yeah. complaint is logged, the New York Police Department has to respond within eight hours or they are not handling their when they're not handling emergencies. And so they usually do, but apparently New Yorkers are getting it on very loudly and apparently very aggressive. I mean, if you're knocking stuff off the wall and ceilings, I mean that's that's really getting it on. It's putting work in, man going to town so uh i guess congratulations is in order i don't know well, yeah but as a neighbor i can understand being frustrated with it right well for sure and do you ever you had an apartment living for a while did you ever have like sexually active neighbors that were a little oh, bit yeah. too? of course everybody has it's that, always right? upstairs too mine was next door uh the issues that i had where i we shared like a bedroom wall and it was off-putting to say the least yeah but you forget about yourself uh, and how sad and lonely relation, you are? No, in relation to your neighbors. <laughs> right, right, of course. You're more concentrating on other things that are going on. That's not legal, or good luck with that. Good luck with that.
This isn't something you hear of every day, but a woman from the UK claims that she is in a relationship with the ghost of a Victorian soldier. She is a singer-songwriter named Brocard. She's 38 years old, and she says she met and fell in love with Eduardo the Ghost, she calls him, last year after he appeared in her Oxfordshire home. Things got serious when the two got engaged in November of 2021. Who pops the question there, the ghost or her, you think? Probably the ghost. Uh, Brocard claims that since she's announced her engagement, she's had to deal with messages from another of living men begging her to ditch her ghost lover and give them a chance instead. Come on, baby. Let the ghost go. Brocard claims Eduardo is furious about those messages, so she avoids engaging with them because you don't want to piss off a ghost, Big J. You understand me? Yeah. She also added it was scary getting hundreds of messages per hour from these men. That seems aggressive. I'm not sure that's accurate. But, uh, I, I mean, this seems very strange to me. I don't know how you get engaged to a ghost. I don't know how you marry a ghost. But there's lots of people getting married to lots of things I don't understand. Uh, that's for sure. So I say to her, good luck. Best of luck in your haunted relationship. And hopefully it goes well. And hopefully you and the ghost are happy. But, that, I mean, you have to change your wedding vows, right? Because to death do us part no longer is an option. Yeah, what is it? I don't know. What would it be changed to? I'm not sure what the vernacular would be, but it can't till, be your standard bow. Till the Ghostbusters show up? Yes. Yes, that makes sense. I mean, until until you're put into one of those ecto traps, we're good to go. Wrap it up with that's not legal. Now, you know that you're not just allowed to do whatever you want to do to fix up your street, but a woman was taken to court for criminal damage after she installed a DIY speed bump made out of rocks outside of her home to try to get drivers to slow down because she was tired of people plowing through her neighborhood doing a ridiculous amount of speed. Her name is Andrea Wilkinson. She's 51 years old. She created the speed bump using rocks from a dry stone wall opposite her property. She was charged after one driver didn't see the speed bump, drove over it, and caused about $2,600 worth of damage to the vehicle. She uh, went to court, was found guilty because you can't just make your own speed bumps in your neighborhood, guys. I mean, we know what you're trying to do. It's for the good of the neighborhood, I'm sure, but that's just not okay. And so before you decide to go all peacemaker on stuff, you have to realize that there are you know certain things that you have to do. But I can understand the frustration. Yeah. Uh, because you know nobody likes it when you're if you got young kids and you're in a neighborhood and somebody drives through at 60 miles an hour that's never a good time so please be careful but don't don't make your own speed bumps that's not legal morning after with nick and big j there's your headlines you're officially up to date on all the things that is new from falling in reverse here on the morning after with nick and big j by now you should know that beginning tomorrow and going all the way through sunday at Expo Idaho is a very big event that's taking over the entire place called the Idaho Sportsman Show, man. And they've got everything you, your kids, your family could ever want when it comes to outdoor living and outdoor hobbies in Idaho, from ATVs to hunting stuff to fishing stuff to, I mean, you name it, there's going to be outfitters there from clothing and everything else. So they got you covered pretty much no matter what you want to do outside in Idaho. Yeah, and lots of demos, uh, fly fishing, etc. You can see Randy out there. I'm sure he'll be out there doing some Randy. fishing. He does love fly fishing. And maybe, just maybe, he'll be doing some demo stuff. So it's a whole family event. Wouldn't that be hilarious, yeah. though? Oh, man. TikTok that, Randy. <laughs> I, would love, I would love to see him try to teach people how to fly fish. It'd have to be great. So uh, you can check it out for yourself. Of course, tickets are available now at IdahoSportsmanShow.com. But 
Jay and I were thinking, you know what, it would be nice if we did like a text contest to give away some family four packs for people to enjoy the Idaho Sportsman Show this weekend. So we have six of these, and we are going to give them away on the TDS Fiber text line right now at 208-287-1003. And you thought it'd be nice for them to text in a word that makes sense for Idaho in the outdoors, right? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people have been on hunting expeditions to hunt and to eventually kill Bigfoot. And that is the ultimate prize, of course. I'm sure it'll be the talk of the Idaho Sportsman Show. People talking about their personal battles, triumphs, and uh, I guess technically losses from Bigfoot battling and hunting over the years. And so why don't you text in the word Bigfoot to 208-287-1003 on the TDS Fiber text line if you'd like to go and check out the Idaho Sportsman Show. Somebody tried hunting before we even gave a word. <laughs> Don't try to predict yeah. our keywords. You're never going to figure it out, man. Not, no, not bear baiting, public land, <laughs> white water. I mean, you guys are good. There we go. Here comes uh, the Bigfoot. Here foot. comes the Bigfoot. So we got six family four-packs to give away. Text it on in, and we'll do that now and enjoy the Idaho Sportsman Show all weekend long. It begins tomorrow out at Expo Idaho. We're going to come back with some bad impressions for some more cool events happening in town. That's on the way next on the x and Big J on 100.3 The X. And Bad Impressions is brought to you by the Idaho Sportsman's Show. Don't miss the Idaho Sportsman's Show from March 3rd to the 6th. Find plenty of gear, guides, outfitters, RVs, boats, ATVs, and so much more at Expo Idaho. It's happening again uh, starting tomorrow through the 6th, Nick. We have tickets to Monster Jam March 11th. This is for the evening show, Monster Jam. Such a great event to take the kids and just have a fun time. See the big monster trucks. And, of course, they're competing for championships as well. We'll get you these tickets if you can figure out bad impressions. 208-287-1003 is our phone number. Bad impressions works like this. Big J has prepared three clues about somebody pretty famous. Figure out who that famous person is in those three clues or less. And next thing you know, you're going to Monster Jam next Friday night, 7 o'clock. Get ready. Hello, the X. Hello, this is Brandon. All right, Brandon, you're up first. Good luck. Okay. I won an Oscar for Best Director and was nominated for Best Actor in Dancing with Wolves. Uh, um, got some more. Got, I, got some clues here for you as well. If you okay, build it, yeah. they will come. If it's a Western TV drama, I'm your guy. Ah. Uh, the Coen Brothers? No, no. I was oh. Whitney Houston's bodyguard in The Bodyguard. And I will always love you. Kurt Russell? No. <laughs> oh, I can see that uh, confusion. <laughs> but no, it's not. Good not try. Kurt Russell. Sorry, Brandon. Thank he you he tried to nail, got, get an old guy there. Hello, the X. Hey, morning. Good morning. Did you hear Big J's clues or do you need him again? I heard him. Okay, and the answer is? Kevin Costner. It is Kevin Costner. Boom, that is correct. Congratulations. You're going to Monster Jam next Friday. Hold on tight. We'll get some information from you. Why is Kevin Costner in the news? Well, uh, he is hot right now because of Yellowstone, and he's going to narrate and host Yellowstone 150, a docuseries about one of America's most famous national parks. Fox Nation will air the series this fall. So less uh, gangsters on a ranch and more uh, actual facts about the park. Yeah, yeah. All right. I like that very much. Uh, and, and that's going to be something that you can get into if you want to go back to nature. But it does make sense. Why not tie Kevin Costner into all things Yellowstone, right? Yeah. He seems just, to be along everything. for the ride. <laughs> yeah, why not? 
Uh, he's very good at what he does, and it's a very popular show, so why not uh, at least tap into that popularity a little bit, even though Big J will never watch it again. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your bad impressions. We wrap up the show here next on the X-Rocks. That is corn. That is Start the Healing here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. That's going to do it for us. Big J loved the movie Big Bug on Netflix. It was Big J approved. You can check that out if you want to check out the streaming dumbass movie of the week. We also brought back the Ask Big J segment briefly for a little thing called We're Going to Hell, where if your husband wants to sleep with your sister, that marriage is probably broken, according to Big J. And we also had a chance to talk about people getting it on very noisily over there in New York City. So it was a fairly productive uh, Wednesday show. Even gave away some family four-packs of tickets to check out the Idaho Sportsman Show, so not bad. But that leaves you with the floor, Big J. Yeah, and uh, the sponsor for the studio here, Coors Light, uh, doing something great for the environment. Molson Coors is taking a step toward becoming more environmentally friendly by ditching the plastic six-pack rings in favor of more sustainable cardboard carriers. So soon that's going to look different when you go and uh, load up on your Coors Light. They'll be the largest beer brand to make the switch and Molson Coors expects all 30 of its brands to drop the plastic rings by 2025. Yeah, you know, uh, if you go get like six packs now, they come in these big bulky like uh, like six pack covers where I would think like that was the opposite direction of like the rings that used to be well, on the six packs. That right. stuff can be recyclable and the cardboard stuff can. There you go. So smart move by Coors Light keeping an eye out. Um, also smart sponsoring the studio. That's right. And they seem like they are on top of their smart decision game. So well played. Coors Light, we appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will see you tomorrow. Jason Drew's coming in next. Have a good one. It's the X-Rock. The Morning After podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com.